Luke is our guide through this Holy Week, and we come to Maundy Thursday to the sacred mystery of Passover becoming the Supper of the Lord. Let's lead, read Luke's account. Stand with me, if you will. We'll read Luke 22, verses 7 through 20. What sacred mystery. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters, and tell the master of the house, the teacher says to you, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished. Prepare it there. And they went and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. And when the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him, And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, there will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he he had given thanks, he said, take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Oh, Heavenly Father, Your one and only begotten Son, Your divine Son, Jesus our Lord, on this night we're remembering before He was betrayed and began the final sufferings of death, Father, He gave us this sacred meal, this divine mystery of His body and blood in ordinary bread and wine. Thank You, Father, that you caused him to give it to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you enliven it, that you come into bread and wine still and make it spiritually yet truly the body and blood of Jesus to us. Grant that we may tonight and always receive this gift, this meal, by faith in remembrance of Jesus until he comes again. Remembrance of his death, remembrance of body and blood given for us. And in these holy mysteries, O Lord, give us a sign and a seal of life eternal. Lord Jesus, we pray it all in your name. Amen. You may be seated. You know, the older I get, the more I enjoy meals together with family and friends. Now, I love the taste of food. I love a great burger. I love 
uh, a great enchilada. You can see my tastes are very lowbrow, right? I love good food. I love, you know, the taste of it. I, I love getting food for fuel, right? But I especially love how meals bring us together, right? There, there's a power in meals that really transcends what you expect, isn't there? I, I think about the holiday feast that we have with our family or when we invite others in, even those that be, may be strangers to us, and we welcome in through the life of the church, and there's a power there and a beauty there. I love it when all of our children and our grandchildren are around our table and the generations are there intersecting. It's it's beautiful and it's powerful. I love it when Fran and I can share a lunch or a dinner and just linger and enjoy each other and, and, and celebrate our oneness together as husband and wife. I love meals that I'm having with you, breakfast or lunch or coffees, getting to know you, getting to build friendships here in this place. There's a power. Meals are special. They they have more in them than we would realize, right? It's also true in the Bible. There are all kinds of meals that God has with people. God eats with the elders of Israel in the desert. The angel of the Lord, right, eats a meal with Abraham and celebrates the hope of the covenant with him and the promise of a child. There are all kinds of places, right, where Jesus eats with people and wonderful things happen in which he deeply shares his gospel and the hope of his kingdom around a meal where people respond passionately to Jesus around meals. But there's sort of three big meals in the Bible, right? There's the Passover meal that Jesus and the disciples are celebrating here, the remembrance of that night in Egypt when death screamed and and hurtled around the land of Egypt. But if a meal was shared with the blood of a lamb sprinkled over the doorposts of a home, all who took part in that meal of that lamb and that unleavened bread, they were saved. And that was remembered all the way even to this time with Jesus, right? There's another big meal in the Bible, isn't there? The meal that's promised at the end of everything the marriage supper of the Lamb, when we'll all celebrate, we will all be a part of this wedding feast that is new heavens and new earth because we're actually a part of the bride and Jesus is our husband and all together we wonder and celebrate and, and as the prophets say, have rich fatty foods in the finest of wines. I'm looking forward to that very much. But then there's this meal tonight, right? that's instituted tonight, that bridges those two big meals, that takes Passover and says, I'm going to shake hands with new heavens and new earth until I come back to make all of that new, Jesus says. And I'm giving you this meal to remember me by, and it's going to sustain you, and it's going to knit you together. This meal is special. Isn't it interesting? Here we are on the very cusp, and we're going to do some things even liturgically at the end of the service to take the elements of the table down. Matt will be leading us there and, and covering the table because Christ is about to enter fully into his passion to go all the way to the cross for us. Isn't it interesting that Jesus, as this moment is approaching, as he has his last night with his disciples, 
he doesn't teach them doctrine per se. He doesn't lay out the atonement theory in detail. Well, it's really about substitution. I'm the lamb, you know. There's not another lamb. And that's alluded to here by Luke and by others, and that's beautiful. It's not so much about a judicial pardon, although that's beautiful and that's true according to Scripture. We're declared not guilty and, in fact, even righteous in Christ because he goes all the way to that cross for us. It's not so much that he teaches about a ransom being paid, although that's true too. The, the price is what? His own blood, the very blood of God that redeems us out of guilt and misery and judgment. It's not so much about Christ being victorious over the devil, although that's happening too, right? As the devil is entering Judas and he is working out the final stages of his betrayal of Jesus, and yet even there, Jesus is winning. As Tim Keller says, there's a divine judo going on in this moment where the devil throws his worst and Jesus takes that momentum and turns it against the evil one to bring salvation to the world. He doesn't do any of that. He gives them a meal. He gives us this meal to remember him by to celebrate him with. I rem- my dad died 10 years ago now. And I remember the first year after his death, those milestones, you know, the first Christmas that came, the first Thanksgiving, the first Father's Day without him. I remember the first celebration of his birth, August 27th. He died in March. And on August 27th, as, as it was leading up to that day, I emailed everybody that I could think of or texted or called, posted, everybody that I could to just say, hey, this is the first time my dad hasn't been here on his birthday. And let's remember Jimmy Hahn by doing what Jimmy Hahn would do on his birthday, have a piece of apple pie. <laughs> and I just got everybody, and people sent me the most beautiful pictures of them having apple pie in honor of my dad on August 27th. And that was awesome. We don't have to do that with Jesus. Because he's told us what he wants us to do to remember him until he comes back, to remember his death until he comes. And that's to take this meal by faith. By faith, what do we believe? In the reflection page of your bulletin, I love what Martin Luther says. What happens in this meal? By faith, we realize two great things, that we are one with Jesus. We are part of the one cake together with Jesus, one loaf together with him, and we are one loaf, one cup with each other in Jesus. Something more than a remembrance is happening here. The life of the kingdom is now coming. Jesus says, I'm not going to do this again until the time of my kingdom. That time is still out there in one sense, but in another sense, it is now. He has this meal with us now as we are one with him and each other. We partake of his body and blood together, and we are one in him. He smiles at us. He laughs with us. He cries with us. He nourishes us. He sustains us. He helps us eat and then get up and keep going when we thought perhaps we could not before we started eating. All by faith, 
He does it through the sacrament and he does it through the smiles and the laughs and the tears and the touches and the encouragements of each other. Because we are made one in the kingdom, one body, one cake, Luther says, one cup as we take this meal together. The early Latin Christians had a name. There, there are various names, right, that start to circulate early. Lord's Supper, right? Last Supper, Lord's Supper. Eucharist was a Greek term to describe a great thanksgiving. We just give great thanks and joy because this meal celebrates the central core hope of the gospel. We are one with Jesus and one with each other. The Latin Christians had another name for it, viata cum. Viata cum. Cum with, viata life. That which I need to take with me to do life. It was a term really used by Roman government officials primarily to describe, you know, what do I need from Caesar or from the Senate, from the storehouses of the empire to do the mission I've been given? What materiel do I need? What coinage do I need? What foodstuffs do I need? What weaponry? What artillery? What do I need to do the mission of Caesar or of the empire? And the early Latin Christians took that word and co-opted and said, this is your viaticum. This is what we need to do the mission of the world's true king. Crucified, yes, but risen and alive to share this supper with us. This is what we need to know we're forgiven to know that we can become what we eat. I love how Bryant prayed, right, that we would take up the calling Jesus gave on this night too, to love each other the way he loves us. This is what we need to do that. This is what we need to pick up our crosses and carry them and follow him. This is what we need to do that. We become what we eat. Sacred mystery, all of this by faith, but all of this very, very real. Just a closing thought before Matt brings us to the table. You know, going back to, to, the, to the power in ordinary meals and the special nature of them and the joy there and the hope there and, 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 the, and the newness that's there, it's all derived from this table. Whether we realize it or not, all that life in an ordinary meal flows from the life in this sacred meal. And so we take this every time we gather, but we uniquely take it tonight and thank Jesus. He has gifted us this meal to remember his death until he comes to hear a gospel, yes. What do I always say as a preacher? What do I always pray as a preacher? That, Lord, give me words to say that would touch into lives and move lives, and you speak through the foolishness of me to move. But, Lord, give us something beyond even what the preached word can do. Give us this sacred meal 
to mysteriously and truly give us yourself. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for this gift of a meal. Jesus, thank you. You are so kind. You're so loving. Not only on the night in which you were getting ready to enter your passion, not only did you wash feet, but you set this table and you you instituted this meal to be our forever remembrance, the bridging point into the new heavens and new earth feast to come. Lord, may we become what we eat. May this be for us tonight, viata cum, in a fresh, rich, wonderful way. May we feast upon you, with you, and with your people. We pray in your name. Amen.